Joshua 7. And while you're getting there, it's, um, let me pray again real quick. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, um, thank you that you preserved your word for us. Lord, over um, all of the centuries and millennia, you have preserved it so that we can know more about you. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us through your word and by your spirit today. Lord, let your, we know that your word goes forth and it doesn't return void. So Lord, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak to us, speak to our hearts, speak to our lives, and let those words not return to you heaven void, but let it accomplish everything that you would have it to accomplish in us and through us this morning. Lord, help me to speak out your words. Lord, if there's anything I say that's not under the, um, uh, not by your spirit, Lord, let it just fall by the wayside. Let it not even reach the ears of everyone here. But, um, Lord, I ask that you would use me. Use me to speak this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm just going to read, if you want to follow along, I'm just going to read uh, Joshua 7 here. Um, just kind of as a, as a preface to it, uh, from last week, we know that uh, the people of Israel have just come into the Promised Land. They came up to the first big uh, town, if you will. It wasn't huge, but huge walls, uh, the city of Jericho. And as we saw you know, last week, they surrounded it. The walls came tumbling down. Everybody, uh, if you don't know the song, you've probably heard it uh, as a kid. It's a Bible story. The walls came tumbling down, and the people went in and conquered Jericho. Okay, that's where we're, that's where we're picking up uh, in uh, chapter 7, verse 1. It says, But the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully in regard to the things under the ban. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, from the tribe of Judah, took some of the things under the ban. Therefore the anger of the Lord burned against the sons of Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near um, Beth-Avon, east of Bethel, and said to them, Go up and spy out the land. So the men went up and spied out Ai. They returned to Joshua and said to him, Don't let all the people go up. Only about eh, two or 3,000 men need to go up to Ai. Ai. Do not make all the people toil up there, for they are few. It's a few small town. So about 3,000 men from the people went up there. But they fled from the men of Ai. The men of Ai struck down about 36 of their men and pursued them from the gate as far as uh, Shebarim and struck them down on the descent. So the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening, both he and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their head. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, why do you ever bring this people out over the Jordan only to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been willing to dwell beyond the Jordan. O oh Lord, what, what can I say since Israel has turned their back before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it. And they will surround us and cut off your name from the earth. 
And what will you do for your great name? So the Lord said to Joshua, Rise up. Why is it that you have fallen on your face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. And they have even taken some of the things under the ban and and have both stolen and deceived. Moreover, they have also put them among their own things. Therefore, the sons of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies, for they have become accursed. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy the things under the ban from your midst. Rise up, consecrate the people, and say, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, for thus the Lord, the God of Israel, has said, There are things under the ban in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you have removed the things under the ban from your midst. In the morning, then you shall come before, I'm sorry, in the morning, then you shall come near by your tribes. And it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes by lot shall come near by families. And the family which the Lord takes shall come near by households. The household which the Lord takes shall come near man by man. It shall be that the one who has taken the things under the ban shall be burned with fire, he and all that belongs to him, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he has committed a disgraceful thing in Israel. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel near by tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. He brought the family of Judah near, and he took the family of the Zerites. He brought the family of the Zerites near man by man, and Zabdi was taken. He brought his household near man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, from the tribe of Judah, was taken. And Joshua said to Achan, My son, I implore you, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and give praise to him, and tell me now what you've done. Do not hide it from me. So Achan answered Joshua and said, Truly I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. And this is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful mantle, a beautiful piece of clothing, from Shinar, that's the area of Babylon, and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold, 50 shekels in weight, then I coveted them and took them. And behold, they are concealed in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent. And behold, it was concealed in his tent with the silver underneath it. They took them from inside the tent and brought them to Joshua and to all the sons of Israel, and they poured them out before the Lord. Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the mantle, the bar of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, all that belonged him, and they brought them to the valley of Achor. Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day, and all Israel stoned them with stones, and they burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. They raised over him a great heap of stones that stands to this day, and the Lord turned from the, fierce, uh, from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore the name of that place has been called the Valley of Achor to this day. That's kind of a heavy passage. You know, I, I was kind of thinking, you know, as I was looking at that, like, can, can we just skip this passage? <laughs> who who really wants to talk about somebody who is just tempted to take a couple of things 
you know, and hide them in his tent, and all of a sudden his whole household and his tent and his donkeys and his cattle and, and everything gets burned with fire and, and a heap of stones heaped all up over it. Can, can we just skip this and go on to when the people defeat Ai? But you know, it doesn't really work like that, unfortunately. I'd like to give you a little bit of, of, of background as to as to what happened in uh, in Joshua six, what we talked about last week. Um, this is Joshua speaking to the people, um, starting in verse seventeen. So this is Joshua giving the giving the Israelites a command. It says, "This city Jericho shall be under the ban." And what the ban is, and I, mean, I covered it a little bit last week. Um, what God wanted to do is when the people went into uh, the promised land, he basically said this, this is my land and everything in it belongs to me. Now here's what I want you to do with the stuff. When you go in and uh, I want the people around you uh, that are going to be close to you, you need to totally destroy them. And for sake of time, I'm not going to go. There's a couple of scriptures in Deuteronomy. I'll give those to you if you want to write them down if you want to check them out later but Deuteronomy 20 16 through 18 and also Deuteronomy 13 verses 16 and 17 what God is saying is I don't want you all to come under temptation from these people that are in the land because if you get in the land and you're just mixing and mingling with the people there they serve other gods and you all are going to end up serving other gods too so I want you to go in and destroy all the people that are, that are going to be close to you. He said the people that are further away, what can happen is you can make a, a treaty with them um, as long as you make sure and serve me. All right? If they, if they say we will, uh, we will basically serve you, then you don't have to destroy them. But if they say we're not going to serve you, then I want you to go ahead and destroy them too. And then the first city that they went to, Jericho, everything was under the ban. And what Joshua did, he said, I want everything to go under the ban. All the silver and gold, all the clo- uh, everything that is valuable goes to the treasury of the Lord. And all the people, cattle, everything else gets killed. Verse 18, but as for you, only keep yourselves from the things under the ban so that you do not covet them. And take some of the things under the ban and make Listen to this. Make the camp of Israel accursed and bring trouble on it. Did you see that? So Joshua says, this is what, how you need to obey. Everything is under the ban. Even all, all the gold, all the silver, all the people, all the cattle, all the, if it breathes, it's under the ban. Everything that is, um, everything that's valuable is under Don't take a thing. If you do, you're going to be accursed and you're going to bring trouble on all of Israel. You got it? But then we learn. We learn that um, Achan steals. He steals some things that belong to the Lord, right? And he deceives. So... First of all, he, he, he disobeys, right? So 
you have this, this curse that goes out from Joshua. Don't do this or this is what's going to happen. Right? Don't do this or this is what's going to happen. And Achan chooses to disobey the Lord, disobey the, the word from Joshua, and to go ahead and to, to um, uh, covet these things and say, I want to go ahead and take these for myself. Now, something I think that we need to make sure. I think I think we all know what disobedience is, right? I don't have to. I don't have to uh, explain that too well. We all, most of us, have had kids, and most of us know. Um, to, when you tell a kid, "Hey, don't do this," and they do that, okay? Hello, hello. None of my kids have ever done anything like that. But just in case one of yours has. But we need to realize. What has happened is, is the Lord, through Joshua, has, has set up an if-then. If you disobey, this is what's going to happen. There will be a curse that comes. And you'll bring trouble on the entire group. You'll bring trouble on all of Israel. And that's exactly what takes place. Now, something I need, I need want to take a little rabbit trail here, Okay. Because we need, this is something that we need to really be aware of, is that our words matter. Okay, again, this is a little bit rabbit trail. This isn't specifically dealing with the passage as much. But our words matter, and, and how we speak matters. Because we can inadvertently say, give this if-then statement. If you do this, then that. If you do X, Y, and Z, if, or if you don't do this, then Boom. And then we wonder why the then thing happens, right? We scratch our head and we go, so you know what? You spoke it. So we need to be very, very careful with what we say, all right? That we're not inadvertently giving curses. Okay, that's one thing, one thing we've really tried to do with, with our, our girls is be very, very careful with, with how we speak to them. We don't ever say, we, we, especially when they were young, we didn't say, you're a bad girl for doing X, Y, and Z. Because we don't want them to say, they're not bad. They are, they are made um, in the image of God. Okay? So we're not speaking those things over them. All right? So we're trying to always speak life. And we need to always speak, you know, it, you know we don't want to say, you know, you're, um, you know, you're just a, a, a fool or ignorant. Or a, because you're, speak, you're speaking those things over people that you don't want to happen. We take it one step further. As, as really good, you know, charismatic Christians, we like to claim things, don't we? And I, I, I'm not going to deal with a lot of this now, but we need to be careful how we claim things. All right? God wants us to claim things that are in his word for us. But what if we start claiming Willimantic for, for you know, Lord Give us Willimantic. We claim Willimantic for X, Y, and Z church. What if over at Light on the Hill, they're doing the same thing? Now who owns it? (laughs) Come on. And so you've got this whole mess, a jumbled mess in the spirit realm of everybody owning these different things and nobody's doing anything with it. And you can't do anything with it because there's no ownership. 
Hello? You, we, we can't do anything with it because Light on the Hill owns it. They can't do anything with it because we, we own it. And the other church down here, help, right? It just kind of snowballs out of proportion. We've got to be really careful with our words. Again, rabbit trail. I tell, I tell people all the time, if I go too far, somebody just kill the bunny. All right? Just shoot it. But disobedience. Jericho, in many ways, symbolized the world. These, these different places that Israel comes up to symbolize the world. Why am I saying that? Because that's what God, God had said. These places, um, if, you, if you come into these places, they're going to rub off on you. Just like the world rubs off on us. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, right? That you get into the world and you just get dirty. Okay, and you sometimes you just have to shower, spiritually shower the world off of you. Okay? All right, and it's the same way with these, these different places. God wanted the Israelites to be the influencing people and not the other way around. And that's what he was trying to do is protect them from the influences of the world by saying, get rid of them. Get rid of all the bad influences. And what happens is, is Achan goes in and he takes the things of the world. Right? He takes of the world and he keeps them for himself. He treasures the things of the world for himself. None of you have ever done that, have you? Because you know, your treasure is not necessarily silver and gold. Right? That just looks good. Why, why do I have to not do that? You know, it's... But I, I enjoy this. Why, why would I have to give that up? Everybody else likes it. But what does God say? We have to watch our eyes. We have to watch our ears. We have to watch our actions. We have to watch the intent of our heart. So that we're not getting those things of the world and making them our own. I don't have to tell you what those are. You all know what those are. It's not just the disobedience. What it comes, um, the next step is deceit. What is what does they can do? He doesn't. He doesn't just carry them out, and you know he's he's not all of a sudden wearing a bright new belt. You know, golden belt and, and, and inviting people over and saying, hey, I've got a new silver service. You want to come eat? <laughs> right? Why is it that we hide our sin? We don't advertise it, do we? We know it's wrong. But you know what? You can't hide it from God. We like to hide it from each other. Right? I don't want you to know what I do. Right? Hello? And oftentimes, oftentimes, you know, um, you go into church and all of a sudden the smile comes out. You can be really, you can be just, you can be in a bad mood and just, you know, wake, woke up on the wrong side of the bed and you're just ready to bite somebody's head off. And you walk into church and all of a sudden, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. 
Nobody else besides me has ever done that, right? Hello? Why? Because we hide stuff. If it doesn't look good, right, we stuff it so that nobody else will know and nobody else will see. Just like Achan. But God knows. You can't hide the sin from God. He knows. Nobody else might. But you can't hide it from the Lord. What happens is, is it causes defeat. That sin will cause defeat. As it... uh, as as the story shows, you know, the Israelites then went out, and and what it what it looks like is this: it says take two or three thousand, so two or three um, military groups, a, a thousand people in a group, and it, they went out to Ai, and they were defeated. It said thirty six um, people, so probably looks like maybe a dozen from each each group um, went out, and so they considered this a tremendous defeat. And went back to um, went back and said, "Look, we, we we just got we just got whooped." And I I love what what Joshua does. I mean, Joshua, of course, in in the right way, he falls down before the Lord, and he says, "Lord, you know what's going on? Why why have we just all of a sudden run from from our enemies? What about your great name?" Did, Aren't you concerned about your name, Lord? And and the Lord says, Get up. What are you doing on your face? What do you mean? We just got we just lost in battle. What do you what, what are you doing on your face? The people have sinned. Um again, duh. Uh you spoke something out, Joshua. You said the if then clause. And then when the then clause comes about, you're wondering what happens, right? God says, get up. The people have sinned. Somebody took something under the band. Go find it. Brings defeat. It brings defeat. Sin brings defeat in our own lives. And a lot of times, because especially this is what Joshua said, a lot of times sin can bring defeat in a group. Not always. Okay, but Joshua specifically said, if you take from the ban, then it's going to bring trouble upon all of Israel. And that's exactly what happens. So sin will ultimately bring defeat. You if you are living in sin, you may go on for a while in good in good measure. But especially if you're a Christian. Because if you're not a Christian, it doesn't apply. You can live in sin and go, and and uh, it seems like they'll just be all right because they're not gods. But God's not going to let you live in sin for a long time because he's a good father. He's a good dad, and he will he will let you go on for a while, and then he will make you miserable. And he'll start taking, you know, when, when our girls are start, starting to do things that they not may not quite should, or even if it's just, you know, they're not getting their schoolwork done, we say, okay, we're going to take this responsibility away. Or this uh, this this thing. That, um, you, you're this, 
privilege. Thank you. That's what I'm looking for. We're going to take this privilege away. Oh, oh yeah, you're still not. Another one. Uh, still not. All right. You don't get to do anything except schoolwork. That's it. You're not, you're not going to talk to a friend. You're not going to think, friend. You're not going to think just school. That's it until it gets done. And if we are just human parents and we're trying to do the best we can, what do you think God does? He will take things away from you and make you miserable. He will let you be defeated in so many areas until you get things right. It's just how it works. And at times, it will even cause an entire group. You see that even in like 1 Corinthians, where Paul gets in onto the church and says, why are you guys tolerating the sin? Fix it! Right? Cause defeat. It'll also cause destruction. Ultimately, what we see is Achan and his entire clan. What what this is, you know, we uh, what we do is we re- we read it and say, okay, they were stoned to death, they were burned, all the things that they had were were heaped underneath a pile of stones, okay, and you kind of scratch your head and say, boy, that was pretty harsh. But what happens is, is they took stuff of Jericho. And then they themselves came under the ban. You see that? They suffered the same defeat that Jericho did. Jericho had everything put to the sword. They burned it. All the walls came down, tumbled down, right? They burned the entire city. So what happens to Achan? They they kill him, his family, they, and they they burn him. They heap a, 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 a heap of stones over him, because what happened? He took from Jericho. He coveted. He said, "This is mine. I'm going to take it. I'm going to keep it." And he himself then fell under the ban and suffered the exact same consequences as all those in Jericho. What does the world do to us? When we get into the world and we start taking those things of the world and making them ours, then we end up suffering the same consequences. Oh, it's okay to do this and this, right? But here's the, um, here's the amazing thing. There's a substitution here that takes place. If you remember with Jericho, there was a family that was removed from the, the ban. Who was that? Rahab. Rahab did her entire family hide the spies of Israel? No. It was the faith of 
of one woman. The faith of one woman hid the spies and said, your God is the only God. We want to serve, I'm going to serve that God. I'm going to follow you. Now, I've hid you and you all can go, but my life in exchange for yours. And they said, whoever you have in your house will be protected. So it was the faith of one woman who then brought salvation to her entire household. And they were removed from the ban and were brought out to Joshua and and lived in Israel and became, uh, if you will, they became Israelites serving the God of Israel. The sin of one man, Achan, brought the destruction of his entire household. There was a substitution. You know, the good thing is, is there's also a substitution for us. You know, what Paul says is that by the sin of one man, death entered into the world. And everybody who is a descendant of that one man is dead. But by the faith of one man, life enters into the world. By the faith of the second Adam, the obedience of the second Adam, by Jesus, he brings life. So whereas there is, there is disobedience with Achan, with Adam. There is obedience with Christ. Where there is deceit and a hiddenness in Adam, with Jesus, there is light. And he says, whatever is brought to the light is light. You bring it to me, bring it to light, and it's gone. Wow, isn't that amazing? where there's defeat with Achan and Achan's sin, where there's defeat in Adam, there is absolute victory in Jesus. Where there is destruction in Adam, there is absolute eternal life forever in the promise of Jesus. The world Everything the world has to offer. All there is is defeat and destruction in the world. I'm telling you, if you want to choose that, you can. But I would much more highly recommend that you choose the life and the victory that we have because of the eternal substitute in Jesus, our Savior. Let me pray for you. Lord, I know this isn't a surprise to these people here. They know you. They've known you for years and years.
But Lord, we're around the world all the time. It comes into our homes through our television and movies. We rub elbows and shoulders with people at work or at school. Just walking down the street, there are people that are in the world, our neighbors. Lord, it's easy. It's easy to just say, why don't I take a little bit of that? Lord, I ask that you would right now show all of us have we taken a little bit from the world and made it our own? Holy Spirit, you, you I know you've been sent to convict. And Lord, we ask that you would show us those little things that we have just said, that's mine. I'll just hang on to that one. Shine your light on it in our hearts. Lord, we thank you that Jesus is the great substitute. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming and becoming all that we are so that we might become like you. Thank you for suffering the sin and the death and destruction that you suffered for us. Oh Lord, please don't quit giving us that substitutionary life and victory. Lord, I pray right now for each person here that they would release to you all those things of the world. Whatever it might be, however big, however small, Lord, let them give it up to you right now. Lord, just like just like a um, an exchange of baseball cards. I'm going to give you one, you give give me one. Lord, I'm going to give you all the junk that I've got. And Lord, I ask that you would give each person here your life, your victory. Your peace, your joy, everything that you are, Lord. Take all of our junk. Take all of our mess. Take all the things that we have taken of our own and from the world. Receive them, please. Take them from us. And once again, cleanse us. Once again, give us your victory. Give us your hope. Once again, pour out your life upon us so that we are completely washed from all the things of the world. Bathe us, Lord, by your power and by your spirit. In Jesus' name. Lord, I bless these people here today. I bless those who are 
online, Lord, I bless them in the name of the Lord. I bless them with your protection. I bless them with your peace. Lord, I bless them with all, every spiritual blessing under the heavenlies. That they will go forth in peace. They will walk out in victory. That you will give them every place where the sole of their foot uh, touches. That they will, you will give them that ground for your kingdom. Not a claim of ours, but it's your kingdom, O oh Lord. And Lord, I, I also bless them with, with finances and with, um, uh, with resources. Lord, I, I bless their households. Lord, I bless that, that, that those people that they are praying for in their households to come to know you, that they will come and hear your voice and will change and will, will, uh, will uh, accept you as their Savior. Lord, let every prayer that they pray according to your will be answered. Bless them with faith. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.